I thought it would be appropriate in the light of some of the more recent events in the world to attempt to put a Christian perspective on some of these things and uh, and therefore in the light of what's happened and quite amazingly in the light of the words that the Lord has already brought to us particularly what uh, Alec read to us and Annie's prayer I've entitled this talk watch and then pray could you put the first slide on please Mark 12, sorry, Mark 13 says this. Jesus says, or said to them, watch out, watch out, that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I'm he and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumours of wars, don't be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. But you, doesn't say but, but it infers but, but you must be on your guard. Now about two weeks ago, I had a dream I don't often dream, and when I do dream, I don't always remember what I've dreamt, but somehow this this one stuck in my mind. And it was about, and you know I like aeroplanes, so maybe there was some connection (coughs) with that. There were two British Airways flight crew walking towards me. And as you know, the flight crew these days the flight crew, not the cabin crew, consists solely of pilots. But this, these two, one had pilot's wings on and the other had an unusual brevet. Would you press the next one? And the brevet they had on was an observer's brevet. That's the brevet that used to be used, first came into being in World War I when the scout planes used to go out and they had uh, the, the, the observer, and that's what the O stands for, the observer was there in order to look, oversee the enemy, to get some idea of his strategy, his positioning, in order that they could direct the artillery fire and whatever it was, whereas the pilot just did what the observer told him to do. Now, my dream was a bit ridiculous because commercial aircrew don't have observers. They just have pilots. And the observer, as we've already said, observe the enemy. In World War II he had more to do. They expanded his role to become a navigator, he was a bomb aimer and he was an air gunner so he had to keep the aircraft on track, he had to take responsibility for destroying the enemy's stronghold by being the bomb aimer and defend the aircraft 
when any enemy attacked him. So you can see what a nonsense my dream was. British Airways with an observer's brevet. You see, not many British Airways aircraft drop bombs that I know of. Um, neither are they fitted with guns, right, except perhaps to ward off um, some Virgin Airlines or something of that nature. <laughs> so why am I telling you this? What possible relevance does it have on what I believe we should share today? Well, all I can say was that I had this dream at a time when I was looking to the Lord uh, as, as to what I should be sharing. And I felt in it there was something that he was trying to say, strange as it may seem. And I felt that God was prompting me to say, watch, observe, and then pray. Now there is a need for us to observe what is going on. We need to be aware of what's happening in the world at the moment. And we need to observe carefully what we read in the Word and how we interpret what we read in the Word too. A few weeks back, Sam gave us an excellent series of thoughts on Matthew 28 in which he encouraged us to look more closely into what the Word is really saying and to think more deeply about the circumstances that were surrounding the disciples when Jesus actually used those much-quoted words, go into all the world. And he shared with us, it really is, is better interpreted, better translated, as you go, as you go, make disciples. Now I must admit that I've been very ready in the past to accept the preacher's comments that he brings to us when they've made a statement or other when interpreting the word or indeed when I've been reading a Christian book or something of that nature I've sort of taken it as gospel they must be right they've put it in black and white but I think God wants us to be very careful and to mindfully consider all comments and to search for ourselves what the reality of the passage of Scripture it really intends, and to evaluate the comment to see if it has any particular uh, relevance to you as an individual. In other words, like the observer, we need to assess the situation and to come to a rational conclusion so that we're not misled, or at least, worse, we're not uh, guilty of misleading others and so as the word tells us we need to weigh everything and you need to weigh what I'm sharing today too because I can be just as guilty as any other preacher of bringing something that is perhaps out of line however let me give you some examples of some of the things that have happened recently which probably would benefit from looking at a little closer. First example I want to, I want to bring to you, we, we had a visiting speaker a short while ago and he suggested that unless the Christian church takes its commission seriously then it may only be a few years before Great Britain is ruled by Muslims. 
Now this statement offended some of you and was simply considered as scaremongering by others. But before we pass too quickly a judgment upon what was said, we need to look and observe what actually is the real situation as we search for the truth. Now, I went on the net and the Office of National Statistics reported only a few years ago, and you can still see it on the internet if you care to look it up, that Britain's ethnic minorities are growing, their birth rate is 15 times that of the indigenous British white population. And looking at these figures, and since the immigration more recently has consisted mainly of those peoples coming into us from Muslim countries, it could well be that he's right. It could well be that he's right. Now, if this concerns us as a Christian, then having looked more closely and observed what is happening, or having watched, as Jesus would say, we need to pray. We need to pray for the outcome that the Lord would want. At the same time, I personally am grateful and applaud the wonderful diversity and culture that we in British society enjoy today. It's brilliant. And look at us as a people. Isn't it wonderful that we... Well, we, we were only talking this morning to Jonathan and Bueller and, and mentioned that thinking quickly, there are more than 11 origins, uh, nationalities amongst us. I think that's brilliant. I think that's really lovely. So when somebody makes that statement, we need to evaluate what he's saying and saying, Lord, what do you want to do about this? What is your perspective on this? And that's why when we talk of Muslims and we become fearful because of some of the extreme elements that we've seen amongst them, not all Muslims are like that. And we need to understand one another. And that's why we're promoting this Awareness Sunday, which is due to uh, occur on exactly the 10th anniversary of the 9-11 attack on the <coughs> Twin Towers in New York. So on September the 11th this year, which is a Sunday, there is this Awareness Sunday, which you've probably seen on our, our um, scrolled information and it talks about ignorance creates fear produces prejudice harbors hatred and bitterness promotes stereotyping and typecasting spikes aggression leads to violence and hostility fuels extremish extremism provokes conflict wages war and ultimately steals lives and in the Awareness Sunday, that, that invitation is to try and understand one another in these different faiths, in order that we can pray with good, sound common sense and be a nation of people that live at peace with one another. 
Okay, the second example I'm thinking of right now, and you've all been looking at, is all around the Mediterranean at the moment, and in parts of the Middle East, we're witnessing a, an upsurge of people power. They're all mobilized to overcome the oppression of their various regimes and the dictatorships that have ruled in their countries, sometimes for many years. And we observe people willing to lay down their lives against superior military powers in order to gain that freedom. And has often been brutal subjugation in those places. And all they want is the right to say what they feel without fear, which is something we can enjoy in this country. However, we in this country are often uh, seemingly divorced from these affairs that are going on almost right under our nose. And we could well appear to be indifferent to the plight of these peoples. And we think, and I think that's wrong, because I think we will be affected by these situations. We're not immune. There will be an outflow of what is happening in these nations. It will affect us not only economically, but it also affect us demographically because there will be a move and, uh, uh, of migrants from those countries which refugees that are suffering under these, the, these severe situations. So how can we just look dispassionately and say, oh, it's over there, it's nothing to do with us? It does have something to do with us. We cannot just look dispassionately. Jesus says, watch and pray. In, in this country, way back in 1939, a great number of our population, and indeed many members of our government, wanted to sue for peace, to avoid confrontation with Nazi Germany. Now war is an abhorrent thing, but imagine the state of modern Europe if this policy had been pursued, if we hadn't have stood for that which was right, if we hadn't, as I know many Christians were doing, prayed against that situation. We couldn't stand back and watch Nazi Germany use their military might to take over control of other sovereign European countries. And similarly today, as God's people, we cannot disregard that which is wrong. We may not be able to influence situations physically, but we can affect matters spiritually. God gives us that power. We can closely observe. We can be observers. And we can watch what's happening. And we can pray having put on the whole armour of God. So pray that genuine democratic governments replace regression, repression, maybe say regression, I don't know. Pray that new governments are not ruled by religious extremists and replace one draconian system with another that's even more repressive and legalistic. Pray that chaos doesn't ensue. Pray that fair, humane, compassionate and just governments 
come into being, irrespective of the religious backgrounds which they follow. Don't sit back. Don't ignore what's going on. Use the spiritual power that God has provided you and I with. What's the third situation that immediately comes to mind? The situation between Jew and Arab is cause for fervent prayer, really. Historically, the Christian church um, has tended to side with the Jewish people over the Arab because of Old Testament historical roots of our faith and God's promises made to the children of Israel. However, when we look at the present day scenario in that region, we see an immensely strong Jewish power systematically destroying Palestinian homes and families in their thrust to, to secure more and more Arab territory for themselves. And as we observe this situation, we need to ask ourselves, is this what God wants now? Does modern day secular Israel still carry God's Old Testament mandate? I ask, have they fulfilled the conditions that God imposed when he set before them the blessings and the cursings that we read of in Deuteronomy 28? So consider again what God promised. In Deuteronomy 30 we read, For I commanded you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But, one of God's buts, but if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, and that includes military, militarism and, and, and secularism, which is what we see in today's Israel, and you worship then, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Now that's God's word to his people then. And have they kept the promises that have they kept their side of the conditions that God had promised them if, if they pursued them properly? Israel now is a secular state. It's a secular state. And it's left the old religious rituals to an orthodox remnant, remnant and a few, very few. Yet we know that the intent of the Arab nations, on the other hand, is to eradicate the state of Israel, and this is equally wrong. So how do we pray? I believe God is telling us not to be swayed by the things of the past. I believe he wants us not to be ruled by emotion and some of the things perhaps we've heard preachers preach about. God is a just God. He will punish disobedience and godlessness. He's already provided his chosen people with a Messiah that they seemingly amongst the orthodox are looking for but they've chosen 
personal power and might over liberty and justice and they've rejected him it's wrong it's wrong to kill innocent civilian men women and children simply because Arab terrorists hide amongst them that isn't God's way so our prayer should not be for the success of the Israelites in their quest to, denom- uh, to dominate and suppress their neighbours, nor should it be for Arab terrorism to continue, but that bo- both Jew and Arab might, like the prodigal, come to their senses and realise their need of Jesus too. Nevertheless, God in his infinite compassion stands ready to welcome back the people he loves that have rejected him for so long. Situation in Afghanistan is no different. That's power play to who rules. The Taliban, they're a massively brutal, women-subjugating regime formed of despots. And how badly that country needs a, a just democratic government that promotes equality and fairness, irrespective of gender or religious creed. So are we right to oppose and interfere with the internal politics on behalf of the average peaceable Afghan against that which is evil? We need to look, we need to watch closely and based upon what we see we need to pray. Pray so that we bring to the Lord, bring the situation to the Lord. He needs to be in that situation. So let's not be so passively minded that we remain unconcerned about those things that are going on all around us. And we've already prayed this morning for the plight of Japan. We've seen what's happening there. And we've already prayed that there won't be any further aftershocks or uh, nuclear debris that will be released. These are things that are happening now. These are signs of the times. We cannot ignore them. Jesus says, watch, watch and pray. Jesus was fully aware of the political scene during his ministry. And I think God wants us to be aware too, and indeed involved to promote that which is right. I don't believe that God wants us to be so cloistered in our cosy church involvements that we fail to see and ignore the plight of others. God wants us to be observers. God wants to show the same compassion and concern as the good Samaritan. God wants us involved. He wants us involved practically wherever we can. God wants us to involve him in our praying. We need his direction as to where we put our efforts. (coughs) The day of the Lord's return is getting nearer and nearer. How will he find us? Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. God said this to us twice. I had no idea what Alec was going to bring this morning. God wants us to hear this. So let's read it together. Not out loud. Let's read it as we go through and take it on board. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. 
as soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned tasks, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the cock crows or at dawn. And if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Amen. Father, we, we realise how guilty we've been in accepting things without properly considering them. And we realise, Lord, how we have been indifferent to things going on around us when it doesn't affect us in an immediate way. Forgive us, Lord, for our indifference. Help us, Father, to be aware of what's going on and to act in a way that is in line with your will for whatever situation it is. Lord, we want that your name should be proclaimed, your kingdom to come. And Lord, we want to play our part in being ready for that great and wonderful day which is getting ever closer. Thank you, Lord. Amen.